You're listening to Metamodernism, a production of the Golden Age Collection, a 501c3 audiovisual archive based out of sunny San Francisco, California. In this episode, I'll be playing some of the best music coming out of LA in 2023. Kicking us off, this is Master of the Sky by Part Time.
That was Master of the Sky by Part-Time from the album Cryosleep Explorer. David Loca records as Part-Time, and like his peers Ariel Pink and John Mouse, Part-Time makes hypnagogic pop that captures the sound of the 80s, that liminal space in time from the late 80s to the early 90s. His music often features surreal lyrics and warped synths reminiscent of the VHS era. In January of 2023, Part-Time released a new album, Tales of the Bubblegum Brains, which was followed up in November by Cryosleep Explorer. Across both albums, Part-Time explores sounds and textures from past eras, ranging from psychedelic folk of the 60s to Southern California pop of the 70s and cosmic retro future jams like Master of the Sky. Part-Time is just one of dozens of Los Angeles-based musicians who have made this year's list. Living in San Francisco, I don't have boots on the ground in the L.A. scene, but each year, so much of the music that I enjoy comes from L.A. that it just feels right to craft an episode around it. Due to the volume of music coming out of L.A., not all of it can fit in this episode, so there will be music from other L.A.-based artists scattered throughout other episodes. For this chapter, I wanted to select the music that I felt best represented the sound of L.A. in 2023, as subjective as that may be from someone nearly 400 miles away. Like San Francisco, Los Angeles has had its fair share of problems over the years, with a strange dichotomy of extreme wealth and extreme poverty in close proximity. Many of the artists in this episode represent the indie counterculture that lies beneath the glitz and the glamour of the Los Angeles celebrity scene, but I've also included songs from a celebrated actor, a lost soundtrack, a nepo daddy, and a few cancelled artists for good measure, so I feel like I've painted a pretty complete portrait of the city. Come join me as we dive into some of the freshest music that came out of L.A. in 2023. But before we get back to the music, let me remind you that the artists you love make virtually nothing from your Spotify streams. So if you like what you hear, please consider purchasing their albums, supporting live music, or picking up some artist merch. Links to purchase all of the music will be in the show notes. The remaining best music of 2023 episodes will trickle out as I have time to complete them, so be sure to follow or subscribe to Metamodernism wherever you get your podcast to receive the latest episodes as they come out. You may recall Pearl and the Oysters from my Best Music of 2021 series, where I feature the duo for their album Flowerland. In April of 2023, Pearl and the Oysters released their fourth album, Coast to Coast, on Stone's Throw Records. From the label, quote, Coast to Coast is a magical field trip through Pearl and the Oysters' universe. Think colorful cocktails, ocean waves, and retro synthesizers played with a Nintendo Power Glove. The French-American duo's first album for Stone's Throw documents their move from Florida to L.A. and features collaborators they met along the way, including Leticia Sadier, Riley Gear, Alan Palamo, Dent May, and Alex Breton, end quote. Coast to Coast is the perfect soundtrack for breezy joyrides along Southern California's sun-soaked avenues. Up next is one of my favorites from Coast to Coast. This is Pacific Avenue by Pearl and the Oysters.
That was Pacific Avenue by Pearl and the Oysters from Coast to Coast. In January of 2022, after Mac DeMarco played a show at the Warfield here in San Francisco, he hit the open road with a portable recording system packed in his Toyota. He said of the process, quote, The plan after the show was to start driving north and not go home to Los Angeles until I was done with a record. I didn't really have anything too specific in mind as far as where I was going to go, but I had some people I wanted to see and some places too, if I could just swing them. I figured I'd just start driving, stay in motels or hotels or people's houses or wherever I could sort out, record in those places too, and if something wasn't working, I'd just keep on driving. Kind of like being on tour, except there aren't any shows and I'd just be burning money. The nature of ripping around and recording and traveling in this manner doesn't lend well to sitting around and planning or thinking about what it was that I was setting out to do. I didn't ever have a sound in mind, or a theme, or anything. I would just start recording. Luckily, the collection of recordings from this period all shake hands, and they have a present musical identity as a whole. I was in it while I was in it, and this is what came out of it, just the way it was. The record sounds just like rolling around felt like. I hope you enjoy, end quote. In January of 2023, Mac released the recordings from his road trip on an album called Five Easy Hot Dogs. It's a breezy 35-minute instrumental record with songs named after the cities they were recorded in. Shortly after Five Easy Hot Dogs was released, rumors began to swirl about a mythical 199-track Mac DeMarco album. Surely this must be one of Mac's famous goofs, as releasing a 199-song album is an objectively insane thing to do. But in April of 2023, Mac released One Wayne G, a massive album containing nearly nine hours of music across 199 songs. Most of the songs are instrumental, and in lieu of traditional song titles, most of them are simply titled the day they were recorded. The album was recorded over a span of five years, from May of 2018 to January of 2023, and with the album sequenced in chronological order, One Way and G gives us a unique glimpse into the evolution of Mac's songwriting process. Some tracks are par for the course, while others experiment with textures Mac had never before explored. Due to the volume of music Mac DeMarco released in 2023, it was hard to pick just one song for this list. But up next is one of my favorites from One Way and G. It's the kind of breezy laid-back groove Mac is best known for. This is 2020-0324 by Mac DeMarco.
That was 2020-0324 by Mac DeMarco from One Wayne G. Poolside is the recording project of Los Angeles-based producer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist Jeffrey Paradise, who you may recall from my Best Music of 2020 series. Since 2012, Poolside has been making what they call daytime disco, playful beats with bright melodies, perfect for lounging by the pool. In October, Poolside released their new album, Blame It All on Love. From their band camp, quote, On Poolside's fourth studio album, Blame It All on Love, Paradise leaves the shallows and enters the depths of his own creative voice. Its 11 tracks are funky, soulful, laid-back, and full of hooks that elevate Poolside's sound to poignant pop heights. Rather than flex his electronic muscles, the production marks a return to his live music roots and finds ease in simple and radiant layers of sound, even as it comes face-to-face -face with the complex reality of one's dreams come true. It's a true product of everywhere he's been and the long and winding journey he's taken to arrive at this moment where there's nothing left to fight or prove, just perfect grooves, end quote. Blame It All on Love saw Poolside collaborating with a variety of artists, including some I've previously featured on this podcast, like Van Shire and Ben Browning. Up next is one of my favorites from Blame It All on Love. This is Sea of Dreams by Poolside and Ben Browning. As soon as I close my eyes You fill me with
That was Sea of Dreams by Poolside and Ben Browning from Blame It All on Love. Zahara is the moniker of Zahara Jamie, who also plays guitar for Idress, Simps, and US Velvet. 2022 saw the release of their debut album, Liminal Spaces, which unfortunately flew under my radar last year. But in September of 2023, Zahara released their sophomore album, Tender, on Lex. From their band camp, quote, Tender sees Zahara fine-honing their musical approach and distilling the driving synth lines, vibrant songwriting, and indie influences of 2022's album Liminal Spaces into an anthemic guitar-driven power record that holds no quarter. Tender is bangers all around, end quote. Tender is filled with the kind of indie garage rock that perfectly accompanies the SoCal skate and surf scene. Up next is one of my favorites from Tender. This is I'd Like You to Leave by Zahara. Zahara from Tender. Jimmy Whispers burst onto the indie scene in March of 2015 with his debut album, Summer in Pain. His lo-fi bedroom recordings became a cult hit, earning him a slot at Pitchfork Music Festival, where I saw his unpredictable stage antics for the first time. 
After his debut, Jimmy Whispers would go dark for four years, only popping back up in 2019 with a single, but fans would have to wait until 2023 to hear more music from him. In that time, Jimmy relocated from Chicago to Los Angeles and began collaborating with many artists I've previously featured on this podcast, including Dent May and Drug Dealer. In June of 2023, Jimmy Whispers released his sophomore album, The Search for God, on Car Park Records. From his band camp, quote, The search for God is a wake-up call for a troubled world that's still worth saving, animated by a belief in the power of small connections to add up to big changes. At 10 songs delivered in a brief 15 minutes, Jimmy Whispers' long-awaited sophomore album feels present in a way that feels brand new for the cult auteur. Like many of us, Jimmy has been affected by the pressure of the last few years. After embracing sobriety, and now as a filmmaker sharing the stories of lesser-known Los Angeles community members, he's brought his own dreaming down to earth, while turning its direction even further out. Recorded with his longtime friend Ziad Azrar of the band Whitney, and re-recorded after a hard drive incident destroyed the original files, The Search for God was created in the wake of Jimmy's COVID isolation, and returns to some teen influences that are out of step with the chill, lo-fi, LA indie rock scene he's found himself lumped in with. Created mostly with two vintage synths, a single Roland CR5000 drum machine, and a busted karaoke machine, it channels Midwestern emo, The Beach Boys' Smile, Subtle Nods at Hyperpop production, and for gotten Jewelbox era college radio of the early aughts into a pure pop sound that transcends easy categorization. Jimmy calls it God, you might call it love, or peace, or a place in the universe that makes some kind of sense, but for a minute or two at a time, Jimmy's music cracks open a space where the divine can enter our lives. The utopia we've all been dreaming about is already here if we're just willing to build it, and Jimmy Whispers is there, ready to add his voice, whenever we want to reach out." End quote. I can't talk about Jimmy Whispers and not mention an incredible house party show he played. Back in August, Jimmy stopped in San Francisco with another artist you'll hear about later in the series, Annie Hart. In other cities, the two artists played proper venues, but in San Francisco, the shows took place at a house party. Without sounding hyperbolic, it was without a doubt the coolest and most authentic show I've been to in a long time. It felt like a slice of early 2000s DIY indie culture, and Jimmy jumping up on the kitchen island to sing Vacation was the icing on the cake. Up next is one of my favorites from The Search for God. This is Stray Dogs by Jimmy Whispers. Waking up in the sun is gone The only freedom we got left is in our minds There's a fire in the canyon now California's burning down I wake up and cry But you don't have to be Don't believe 
Stray Dogs by Jimmy Whispers from The Search for God. I've previously featured the music of Vinyl Williams in my Best Music of 2020, 2021, and 2022 series, making 2023 his fourth appearance on this podcast. Since the late 2000s, the Los Angeles-based audiovisual artist has been creating interstellar worlds for your ears and eyes. Vinyl Williams has had a prolific output of consistently great psych pop, and in August of 2023, Vinyl Williams released their seventh album, Eterna, on Harmony. Eterna is another cosmic trip through the dreamy psychedelic pop realms that result from taking 60s psych rock influences and blasting them into outer space. Be sure to catch Vinyl Williams with Loco Tranquilo February 24th at the chapel here in SF. And up next we have one of my favorites from Eterna. This is Sea Rays by Vinyl Williams. by Vinyl Williams from Eterna. From their band camp, quote, Mapache consists of Clay Finch, Sam Blasuki, Cam Whirl, and Steve Didalot. 
Born and raised in Glendale, California, the group's breathtaking harmonies and heartfelt sound verges on cosmic West Coast pop Americana. Their sound is not an exercise in pop nostalgia, but rather a distinctly independent link in a chain that stretches far behind and ahead of them. Swinging Stars, an album of calm, second-nature swagger, is the natural result of a band that's existed in one form or another for its founders' entire adult lives. Finch and Blasuki first met as students at La Canada High School just north of Los Angeles, where they both had a guitar class together. The two stayed friends throughout their college years. Finch went to Chico State, and Blasuki spent two years as a missionary in Mexico, and eventually they ended up back in LA, spending their days playing guitar together once again, just like old times. Mapachi is so easygoing that their vibe belies their prolificness at times. Swinging Stars is their fourth album in as many years, and they show no signs of slowing down anytime soon." End quote. Released in August, Swinging Stars is an album filled with sun-soaked chords and easygoing SoCal vibes, with just a touch of Americana twang. Up next is one of my favorites from Swinging Stars. This is Home Among the Swinging Stars by Mapachi. <laughs>
Home Among the Swinging Stars by Mapachi from the album Swinging Stars. In my Best Music of 2022 series, I featured Boyo, the indie bedroom pop project of Robert Tilden. In January of 2023, Boyo released a new album, Science Fiction, then followed it up in March with the album's B-sides called Science Fiction Expansion Pack. From South by Southwest, quote, Science Fiction is the first full band album under the Boyo moniker, and with the help of guitarist Hudson Buckley and drummer Nick Smirnoidis, this is immediately apparent on the opening track NPC Divorce, a livelier and more intricate song than anything in Boyo's past catalog. Influenced by the indie sleaze bands and late-night Adult Swim programming of the early aughts, science fiction solidifies Boyo as a modern pop band using guitars to their advantage, moving past the confines of bedroom pop, end quote. Up next is one of my favorites from science fiction. This is Depression Naps by Boyo. Naps by Boyo from Science Fiction. Since 2008, All Allahs have been chasing the California sun. Their band camp describes their music as, quote, a sound cultivated from the annals of California culture, the perfect mixture of the sands, the seas, the streets, and cities of the Golden State, end quote. In October, All Allahs released their fifth album, Zuma 85. From their band camp, quote, For the last 15 years, Alalas have alchemically melded surf rock washes with folk rock jangle and rock, building up their lauded music podcast, Reverberation Radio, and record label, Calico Discos, in the process. But a lot has changed since its members first bonded over psych rock vinyl in the back room at Amoeba Records in the late aughts. 
Zuma 85 finds the quartet facing a new world with a wealth of new sounds, drawing from an eclectic mix of progressive rock, prog, cosmiche, Eno-esque art rock, scuzzy royal trucks riffs, and detouring into tones and textures that call to mind 90s and 2000s pop. The album was born, like so much else these days, out of the downtime of 2020 to 2022. When the shutdown of 2020 put everything on hold, it opened up space for each member to focus on their own lives and interests, and time to re-envision what creative processes could look like." End quote. Zuma 85 takes their sound in a new, rougher direction. Not all of it was quite my vibe, but up next is the kind of classic laid-back SoCal jam Alalas do best. This is Jelly by Alalas. Oh, Jelly! from the album Zuma 85. 
I previously featured local natives in my Best Music of 2021 series for their 80s covers on the Apple TV Plus show The Shrink Next Door. In July, local natives released their fifth album, Time Will Wait for No One, on Loma Vista Recordings. From their label, quote, Living in LA, there are a lot of people looking for that one trick that will help the new them emerge fully realized, successful and happy. It's a worthwhile but doomed pursuit. The best we can hope for is to be present in a moment. Local Natives' album comes at a time of personal metamorphosis, former selves melting away, some becoming fathers, some enduring periods of isolation, loss, and identity crisis. Time will wait for no one is a mantra of reassurance in response to relentless changes, end quote. The band said of the album, quote, There was a moment halfway through making the album. We played one of the most emotional concerts of our lives, a sold-out show at the Greek Theater in L.A., our first performance in almost two years. But we didn't know how we could move forward. As individuals and as a band, we were on the verge of collapse. Time flows on uncontrollably, and change is relentless, and the people you love are the only constants. Out of that reckoning, we dissolved everything down to start again, and had the most prolific period of songwriting in our history. This is the first chapter. Time will wait for no one, end quote. I was fortunate enough to see local natives in Chicago on the first night of their Time Will Wait For No One tour. As they played the first chords of their 2010 song, Who Knows Who Cares, the mics cut out. Seizing the opportunity, the band continued playing the song acoustically with no mics or amplification. A hush fell over the crowd as everyone leaned in to hear the band. As the song continued, the stage technicians managed to resolve the sound issue, which perfectly aligned with the song's crescendo in the back half. It was one of those rare moments of spontaneous magic that brought everyone in the room together. And while they haven't announced a 2024 tour yet, your next chance to see them will be at Beach Life Festival in Rodondo Beach in May. And up next is one of my favorites from Time Will Wait For No One. This is Empty Mansions by Local Natives.
was Empty Mansions by Local Natives from Time Will Wait for No One. Along with Local Natives, I also featured Film School in my Best Music of 2021 series. In August of 2023, they released their new album, Field, on Felt. From their Bandcamp quote, The Los Angeles-slash-San Francisco-based group have been indie shoegaze stalwarts since their formation in 2001. After two decades and a handful of lineup changes, their extensive discography presents a dynamically textural, lush psychedelic rock that has featured guest appearances by members of Pavement and My Bloody Valentine, among others. 2021's album, We Weren't Here, was hailed for its dense instrumental blanket, where unrelenting hi-hats and heavy kicks exist along dreamy drone guitar. This propulsive nature permeates Field, producing a kaleidoscopic sonic landscape. Field is enveloped by themes of regret, disconnection, and frustration, but with the space to understand that these feelings are a natural part of the struggle between reconciling the inner and outer self. Patient, sprawling instrumentation builds a foundation in which the themes of endurance, perseverance, and clarity can bloom with a considered poise. Field is a testament to film school's ability to create in the moment and to showcase the magic that stems from when we are truly present. With over two decades in the industry, Field cements film school as a distinct dominant force in the shoegaze scene. Soaked in an emotionally open, imaginative atmosphere, the album is both singular and expansive and leaves the door open for a constantly evolving interpretation. Film school have never confined themselves to the rigidity of specifics, and it's on Field that they urge us to look beyond the binary of certainty and to take a second look, end quote. Up next is one of my favorites from Field. This is Influencer by Film School. Yeah. 
Influencer by Film School from the album Field. When we last left Ariel Pink in my Best Music of 2021 series, he had just been dropped by his label for the negative attention drawn from his attendance at the January 6th Stop the Steal rally in Washington, D.C. In the years that followed, he remained largely out of the public eye, but kept on recording underground. In 2022, he started uploading demos on Substack, most of which were posted with no context or track titles. Fans were treated to several hours of previously unheard music, with many tracks sitting comfortably alongside his best work. In July of 2023, he uploaded Anonymous Projections to Substack, a collection of 10 tracks. With no track titles or album description, I'll let the music speak for itself. This is track three by Ariel Pink.
That was track three by Ariel Pink from Anonymous Projections. You may recall Islands from my Best Music of 2021 series. In August of 2023, Islands released their ninth album, and that's why Dolphins lost their legs. From their band camp, quote, taking a giant leap forward, replete with addictive hooks at every turn, and that's why Dolphins lost their legs, stands out as the strongest and most articulate Islands record yet. Nick Thorburn and band managed to slightly tap into both the pain and the joy of living, often simultaneously, while stripping down the music to its simplest element. A strange sample rubbing up against a bouncing bass line, a snappy kick and snare firing off against a persistent, hooky guitar line. Though refined and deliberate, the music has a certain playfulness that Thorburn hasn't tapped into in quite some time. The record is a notable departure from previous outings, but the DNA of Thorburn's early work, namely his first band The Unicorns, can be heard clearly throughout the album." End quote. And that's why Dolphins Lost Their Legs is a solid record and has many high points throughout, but despite Islands being an indie mainstay for nearly two decades, Pitchfork didn't even bother to review the record, instead choosing to cover mainstream trash like Hosier and Zach Bryan. But don't fret, Islands. Metamodernism's got your back. Up next is one of my favorite songs off of And That's Why Dolphins Lost Their Legs. It's a track that upon first listen, I felt sounded an awful lot like Ratatat. And it all made sense after a quick Google search revealed that the song was produced by Ratatat's Mike Stroud. This is Pelican by Islands.
that was Pelican by Islands from And That's Why Dolphins Lost Their Legs. In the metamodern age, we often assume that every movie, TV show, and song that has ever been made is at our fingertips. But with lost media, our assumptions are challenged when we discover there's still a substantial amount of media that has never been made available to the public for various reasons. One such example is that of The Humpback Hop, a production music track made specifically for the Season 3 SpongeBob SquarePants episode, Party Pooper Pants. From the Lost Media Wiki, quote, In the scene where SpongeBob is looking into his house, a piece of background music briefly plays. Unlike most of the songs made for the series, this track was never officially released in full, as no official soundtracks from the series contained it. For years, the full song went into obscurity, until a user on the SpongeBuddy Mania thread first posted about it in 2013. The search led to finding out the song's name was The Humpback Hop, and its composer, Theo Mondel, didn't have the master for the track. After a decade of searching, on April 29th, 2023, the full song was found by YouTuber Sponge Divers Music. The track was composed using an Ensonic ASR-10 VX sampling keyboard in real time, recorded on an Akai Professional DPS-16 digital recorder. The samples of foghorns and bubble sounds were given to him by Nickelodeon, end quote. In some cases of lost media, the mythology surrounding the lost media can be more interesting than the media itself. Once the lost item is found, sometimes people are underwhelmed by what they discover. However, with the humpback hop, we have a bona fide bop that captures the sound of the early 2000s. Recorded in 2001, but lost for decades, this is the humpback hop by Theo Mondel.
That was The Humpback Hop by Theo Mondel. This next artist is an actor whose career in Hollywood spans five decades. In that time, he's amassed a cult following while working alongside some of the best in the business, from Robert Altman, Lawrence Kasdan, John Landis, David Cronenberg, Steven Spielberg, Wes Anderson, Paul Schrader, and Tim and Eric. I'm of course talking about the enigma that is Jeff Goldblum. In the 2010s, Jeff Goldblum became one of the internet's favorite celebrities. He embraced his new meme-worthy status in interviews and later joined social media to connect more directly with fans. Apart from acting, he's begun a second career as a professional ivory tickler. From all music, quote, he first started out on piano as a child. By his teens, he was playing shows, a sideline he continued to nurture alongside his acting career. In the 90s, he joined with musician and producer John Mastro to form the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra, purportedly borrowing the name from a family friend in Pittsburgh. For over 20 years, the pianist and his band have worked regularly around Los Angeles. In 2018, Jeff Goldblum and the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra released their debut studio album, The Capitol Studio Sessions, on Decca Records, end quote. I've had the privilege of seeing Jeff Goldblum and the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra perform a few times around San Francisco, and I'd highly recommend going if you have the opportunity. A mix of jazz music and movie trivia with audience participation, no two shows are the same. I got to meet Jeff a couple of times, and he's as delightfully neurotic as you'd expect, with an encyclopedic knowledge of film to boot. In March, Jeff Goldblum and the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra released a new EP. From Center Stage, quote, entitled, Plays Well with Others, Goldblum, together with his longtime band, the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra, delivers sheer joy with his idiosyncratic take on a collection of standards that, for Jeff, are amongst the best songs ever written. Here, the actor yet again brings his on-screen charisma and eccentricities to the keys, with a groove that is totally unique, end quote. Up next is their cover of one of my favorite jazz standards, to which they give a light samba spin. This is In the Wee Small Hours of the Morning by Jeff Goldblum and the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra.
That was In the Wee Small Hours of the Morning by Jeff Goldblum and the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra from Plays Well with Others. In mid-2011, a mysterious new artist appeared out of thin air with their debut single, Video Games, which would take the indie scene by storm. Who is Lana Del Rey? Where did she come from? Is she an industry plant? As it turns out, Lana Del Rey was the stage name of Elizabeth Grant, who donned the moniker after a few albums under her birth name failed to gain traction. Lana Del Rey quickly rose to mainstream pop star status, which stirred up some controversy in the hipster community. In 2012, Paul Harris wrote for The Guardian, quote, When video games first went viral, it became an underground sensation praised for its authentic feel. Del Rey's amazing voice crooned the haunting song against a backdrop of grainy outtakes of home movies and Hollywood scenes. She seemed set for the big time, but then questions were asked. A few critics began to wonder if, far from being some organic wonderkind, the transformation from Grant to Del Rey had been planned all along. Her stage name was chosen by her management. Rather than being an outsider struggling for recognition, Del Rey is in fact the daughter of a millionaire father who has backed her career. People were suspicious of the way Grant's failed album and all her social media websites appeared to have been scrubbed from the internet just before Del Rey appeared. There has been much speculation as to exactly when Del Rey teamed up with her current label Interscope and how much influence their savvy marketers might have put into her original emergence. Lana Del Rey's rise says so much about the nature of modern fame in the U.S. The internet has allowed figures like her to come rapidly to the fore of the cultural landscape. Whether or not their emergence is planned by a record executive or happens spontaneously from someone's bedroom, it has sped up the fame cycle. It is worth noting that the huge backlash to Del Rey is happening before her first album has even been released. This reveals a cultural obsession with the authenticity that fans, artists, and corporations all prize above all else." End quote. Over a decade after her debut, Lana Del Rey has cemented herself as a bona fide pop star, working alongside the likes of Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff. In March, Lana Del Rey released her ninth album, Did You Know That There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard? The album title is a reference to the Jurgens Tunnel on Ocean Boulevard in Long Beach, California. Built in 1927, the tunnel connected the then-famous Jurgens Trust Building with the beach. Closed to the public since 1967, the tunnel still exists today, spookily preserved in time. The album is an ambitious and sprawling record filled with references to California, America, and her previous work. Up next is one of my favorites from Did You Know That There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard? This is Let the Light In by Lana Del Rey featuring Father John Misty. Oh, yeah, cause I wanna come in 
Let the Light In by Lana Del Rey featuring Father John Misty from Did You Know That There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard? From his website, quote, Rob Grant is an accidental recording artist. He has never had a lesson on any instrument in his life. No kind of formal musical training at all. He can't read sheet music, but when he sits down at a piano, something magical happens. Notes flow from him. Melodies come unbidden. He can play for hours. Emotion overwhelms thought and pours out composition after composition, piece after piece. He has lived a life, several lives in fact, none of which had involved recording studios. He's been a madman on Madison Avenue writing copy for ad campaigns, a restaurateur in Newport, Rhode Island, establisher of a rustic furniture business in upstate New York, a boat builder, a real estate broker, proprietor of one of the largest collections of internet real estate domain names. There wasn't then much time for anything else for this serial entrepreneur and family man with a wife and three children. But then, as his daughter enjoyed huge success under her stage name Lana Del Rey, Grant watched with immense pride and admiration, end quote. Rob Grant's debut album, Lost at Sea, was released in June on Decca. 
After the album's announcement, the internet was quick to label Rob a Nepo Daddy, a label which he has embraced. Speaking with People Magazine, he said, quote, I thought, that's fabulous. I've got to go get that domain. I want to do merch. I want to create a brand around this thing. I leaned right into it, embraced it, and really loved it. Then, of course, it blew up. Now, I'm the Nepo Daddy, and that's fine. They call me a lot of things. Robster, Daddy Del Rey, Papa Del Rey, Robster Lobster, and now Nepo Daddy, end quote. And to close out this episode, I'll be playing one of my favorites from Lost at Sea, which is a beautiful collaboration between father and daughter. Rob said of the song, quote, There's a beautiful song towards the end of the album that my daughter and I wrote together. It's called Hollywood Bowl, and it tells a story, an origin story. The piano is so beautiful, and the vocals are so powerful and sweeping. The night we recorded that song, I remember listening to the first playback, and then looking at Lana and Laura, feeling almost stunned, and they both were smiling. I knew then we had something magical, end quote. I'll be back again soon with another episode looking back on 2023's best music. This is Hollywood Bowl by Rob Grant and Lana Del Rey. I know I'm not Johnny Mitchell, but I've got a dad who plays like Billy Joe. I know I can't see the whole picture, but Like I'm t-